Amen. Our God is good. Amen. Everybody stand with us. Lord, we praise your holy name. You are worthy, God. You are the God who forgives, you heal, you redeem. We bless you, Lord. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning Of His precious blood's atoning And I repented of my sins and won the victory. Hallelujah. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming love. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due. cleansing power revealing how he made the lame to walk again and he caused the blind to see and then I cried dear Jesus come and heal my broken spirit and somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory oh victory
a shout. We love you, Lord. You are good, God. You are good. I love we've got a whole bunch of new instrumentals in here today. Lord, we sing to you with praise and thanksgiving. You are worthy, God. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. I tried with all my might, but I just can't end the fight. I'm slowly drifting, a bag of bones. Just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know, and he told me that I was not alone. He picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because he healed my heart. He changed my name, forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, I thank God. Yeah. I cannot deny what I see, got no choice but to believe my doubts are burning. Like ashes in the wind So, so long to my old friends Burden and bitterness You can't just keep it moving No, you ain't welcome here Oh, but From now till I walk the streets of gold I'll sing about how you saved my soul yes. This wayward son has found his way back home. He picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because he healed my heart. He changed my name, forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master. Savior, I thank God. I thank the Lord that He snatched me out of the hands of the enemy, right? Amen. We love you, Lord. Hell lost another one. I am free. Oh, I am free. Oh, I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free.
for his wonderful works for his children. If we know Jesus, we are his children and he loves to do wonderful things for us. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. So, so good. With every breath that I 
sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in darkest night. You are close like no other. I know you as a father. I know you as a friend. Oh, I have lived in the goodness of God. So, 
that the Lord is compassionate and gracious and slow to anger. He's abounding in love. He loved us so much. He, did, he demonstrated his own love by sending Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll carry the burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it.
that you are in this place I thank you that you're working in hearts love thank you that we can run to you no matter what's been going on this week no matter what's going on today you want us to run to you that you would provide whatever the people need. 
most of all, that everyone will just open our hearts and receive what you've got for us. Receive, receive. Open your heart to receive. Lord, I bless you and I thank you. You are beautiful, Father. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're so glad everyone's here. This is going to be the time where everybody can, if you want, you can greet the other people. If you don't want to, you just stay right where you're at. And I ask that people won't go up to people who are just staying in their seats um, because they need to social distance. So thank you, thank you, thank you. This world has been crying out for hope, for a hero to save us. We long for the supernatural. There is only one God who can save the day. So clear the stage, prepare the way, because heaven and earth are singing. Glory, hallelujah, let the whole world see the greatness of our find your way back to your seat. We'll get going. All right, so I have some announcements first before we talk about offering and stuff. Um, so if you have a speaking part in the Christmas play, you are a character that says some words. Um, you are needed beginning this Wednesday. Uh, during service, they'll do a read-through out in the foyer. 
So make sure you're here. If you have a speaking part in the Christmas play that's coming up, it's going to be awesome, by the way. We did it a couple years ago. It's really great. Uh, so make sure if you have a speaking part, you're here. And in the foyer, starting this Wednesday, we'll start going through-throughs and stuff. So we'll know what's up. Unless you do like youth or Royal Rangers or like a class on Wednesday, then don't worry about it. Stick with that. But otherwise, be in the foyer. All right, so um, this week, I'm a teacher. Some of you may know that, some of you may not. I'm a teacher. I teach reading. And um, this week, we talked about Band Book Week. And um, yeah, so I saw some scary faces. So we talk about a bunch of books that are banned for various reasons in school. Uh, they get challenged, but usually they don't get actually pulled off the shelves and stuff. But there's this author we talked about that's the like chair of it this year. And I love his story so much. And um, you find when you're in the classroom, or at least I have anyway, that some things link back to like Christianity and to your faith and stuff in ways you wouldn't expect. So we talked about this author. His name is Jason Reynolds, and um, he's a best-selling author. Go look him up sometime. He writes some really awesome books. Um, but he didn't read his first book until he was 17 and a half years old. That's when he read his very first book, and now he is a best-selling author and stuff. So um, obviously he's read a lot since then. But he talked about how the big problem was a lot of people think Kids don't like books. They hate books and stuff like that. But that's, he says that's not true. They hate boredom. They hate reading something and getting bored. Um, so the first book he ever read, it's a book called Black Boy. And he said it really touched him because it really got him his interest and hooked him because it was written in language he understood. So it was in wording that made sense to him. It was his language. It was his, the way he talks. And he was like, I can see myself in this. I get it. Okay, awesome. So then I thought about that the whole language thing, and I thought, how does that apply to what we do here in this building right here? Because, uh, as you know, parts of the Bible sometimes are a little hard to read, and a new Christian might come in, see that kind of hard to read stuff, and might be intimidated, or might be like, well, I can't really get into this, because this is just a bunch of words and stuff, right? So how can we as Christians communicate in a language that speaks to somebody, that speaks their language? And I I think it's we're getting way better at it. Um, but sometimes I feel like we still get stuck in that rut where we like, we're talking in a language that maybe isn't super welcoming to someone that's coming in new or something, right? Someone that maybe doesn't know the Word of God like, like we know it, or we should know it anyway. Um, so they just poked my brain a little bit hearing that, hearing that, um, um, that potentially a door could get closed um, if you don't speak the language that someone is used to, right? Like this guy that's a best-selling author now uh, has impacted a lot of lives and stuff through his writing. He may never become an author if he didn't find that book that spoke his language. And I just think to myself, how many opportunities have we missed because we didn't speak somebody's language? We didn't come where they are, where they're comfortable, and where they understand things. We didn't go to their level. Instead, we stayed on our level. So that just poked at me a little bit. And I thought to myself, hmm, I I learned something. Uh, You probably thought when I said banned book, you thought I was going to say the Bible got banned and all that kind of stuff. But nope, the other, other direction. Little bait and switch for you. All right, so let's talk about giving now a little bit. Now that you've maybe your brain's been poked a little bit, think about that. Think about the language you use when you talk to somebody that's new to church or just somebody out there. You, you may not know what they know about church. They may not even know who Jesus is. They may have never heard that name in their life. So you got to think about where they're coming from. So think about that. All right, so there's lots of ways to give, tons of ways to give. Uh, you can mail things to 2313 East Prospect. I'm a reading teacher, not a speaking teacher, so I tell people. Uh, Ponca City, Oklahoma, 74604. So you can mail things. I don't mail things very often, but you can. It's great. You can text. I do text sometimes. Uh, you can text PCA Church to 1-844-390-2401. And then you can also go online 
to pcachurch.com slash contributions, and you can definitely give there. There's also a kiosk in the foyer. Uh, if it's the first time doing it, it asks you some information and stuff. Make sure you put all that in, so then you can keep giving. You just use your credit card. It's really easy, real handy. And of course, there's always cash and checks. You can just drop them in, and that's real easy. That's super easy. Uh, I don't carry cash very often, so that doesn't work for me. But if you do, go for it. Uh, so if the ushers come forward, we'll go ahead and pray over this offering. God, I just thank you for this day, and I just, uh, God, I just pray that you open our hearts to what Pastor has to say, God. And I just pray that as we go, out our, uh, go throughout our days and our lives, that we just think about the language we use and how we communicate with other people, God. Uh, if there's some way we can talk with someone that, that clicks with them, that makes it make sense, uh, I just pray that we open our hearts to that and open our minds to that. Because uh, at the end of the day, God, we want everyone to hear about you. We want everyone to know you and love you. And we can only do that if we, we come to people's level and really meet them where they're at. And God, I just pray that you use this offering in amazing, incredible ways that we don't even know of, God. That uh, every cent goes to glorifying your kingdom, God. And I know that you take small things or big things and you, you turn them into glorious things. And so, God, I just pray that you bless this offering and bless the people that are giving of their hearts, God. And just be with us as we get through our week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Uh, today, the ushers are going to be handing out, maybe they already have, a Faith 5 card. Uh, it looks like this. If they haven't handed it out yet, the ushers will come back in just a moment and hand you one. But uh, we did this last year, and I think it's time for us to do it again. There's five challenges on this card, and you can start wherever you want to. You can stay wherever you want to. Uh, but number one faith five challenge is this, to pray daily, one prayer a day. That uh, that's sometimes is a commitment, but we're going to start there. We'll start with baby steps. Number two, commit to read God's Word daily. It doesn't have to be a chapter or a book, just one verse every day. Read the Word of God daily. Number three, commit to memorize verses of faith. Um, some people go, I can't memorize. Hey, if you start memorizing, you'll be surprised how much you can memorize. Uh, a lot of you have already memorized the names of football players and their numbers and their stats and all of that. And so if you can do that, you can memorize the Word of God. It's just a choice of what you're memorizing. Number four, commit to test God by tithing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's another step of faith. And then step number five, commit to fast, noon to noon, one day a week. And so some of you may go, hey, I'm going to start with number one. Hey, baby steps, right? Start somewhere, and then you can move forward. But if you stay where you are, you will never move. I believe we should always be moving forward in our life. And so take this Faith 5 Challenge, get with God and say, God, where do you want me to start Maybe you start at one, maybe you start at three, I don't know. But by Christmas, I want all of us to have gotten at least to number five once, one time. And say, wow, I stepped way out there, uh, there wasn't much air on the top of that mountain, I was uncomfortable, so I stepped back, okay? But that's okay, because I believe we are to be called people of faith. And we do things by faith, not by sight, we do things by faith, not by feelings. And so um, take this, pray over it, start making a commitment because I believe today that we are so divided in our nation. We're so divided in our churches. There's something that we have to agree upon and I believe it can be the Word of God. 
I believe it can be prayer. I believe it can be uh, taking things on this card and going, I can believe in that. I can agree to that. And so we'll do that and move forward. So once you have got that, would you stand with me today? Uh, Don't pick up your Bibles or your phones or whatever you have just yet because I want to challenge you to do something. Uh, When I was younger, my dad loved wrestling. How many of you like wrestling? I mean, it's... um, it was, uh, my, my, that was my dad's weakness. Everybody has a weakness, and his was Saturday night wrestling. And I remember there was a wrestler who would always come out, and he would come out like this. Whoa! And they were asking, what makes you do that? He said, because I am Ric Flair. How many remember Ric Flair? He goes, I mean, he brought energy and excitement and enthusiasm just walking out and declaring who he was. I am Ric Flair, and man, the stadium would go crazy. I thought maybe we need to just kind of walk out. The Bible says that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Maybe there's a stadium of God up there, and I think maybe some of us this morning as Christians, we need to walk out and go, Whoa! I am a child of God! I think maybe that would just shake up all of hell, don't you? Yeah. So some of you are going to go, I don't feel comfortable. Hey, if we all do it. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to all do it until we all do it. So this may be as far as we get today. You're going to, this is going to play into my sermon. Okay, you ready? On the count of three, you ready? Get your arms ready. One, two, three. Woo! I am a child of God. That's about 95%. It's pretty good. Let's try it one more time. You ready? One, two, three. Woo! I am a child of God. All right, now give God a hand clap of praise because you're the child of God. You know what should get you excited every morning? Breathing. Breathing is a good thing. And if you're breathing today, you should give God praise and honor and glory to the highest because he says, let everything that hath breath give me praise. Check yourself, check your neighbor, take your Bibles, lift them up. Repeat this after me. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. Thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy word. Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, woo! I'm a child of God. You may be seated. Man, now I can preach in that kind of an atmosphere. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just need to let everybody know, especially all of hell, who you are, you just walked in the room. Amen. Title of my message today is All and Some. How many of you know that God loves all people? But how many know only some people love God? If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 and following. It says this, These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for who? Us, on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation is overtaking you except what is common to mankind. 
And God is faithful. Say that with me. And God is faithful. Again, and God is faithful. I love that. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. I like ways out, don't you? So that you can endure it. Three words. It says this. These things happened. What things? I didn't read any things that happened. Well, if you want to know what things happened, just go back up a few verses to verse number 1. 1 Corinthians 10.1 I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact. You see, sometimes we can have a lot of knowledge. We just don't have the right knowledge. And if we don't have the right knowledge, we're ignorant of the right knowledge. He's not saying we're ignorant. He's just, I don't want you to be ignorant of these facts, brothers and sisters. That our ancestors, and every time you see the word all, hit it, underline it, whatever you need to do in your Bible, your phone, whatever. They all were under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food, and they all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I I want you to have these facts. These things happen. I want you to write them down. Paul's writing them down for us so they are a warning, 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 warning for us. That we do not get caught up in the same thing as those, our ancestors in the past. So first of all, we need to figure out the all. All of them were under the cloud. So when God delivered them out of bondage, they were all under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. Wasn't that miraculous when they passed through the sea? Man, that was wonderful. And they were all baptized into Moses, great leader Moses. And they all ate the same spiritual food and they all drank the same spiritual drink. That's wonderful, isn't it? All, everybody, all inclusive, we all had the same experiences. We all went through the same circumstances. We all had the same kind of victories and all those things. All of us. Verse number 6. Now these things occurred as examples again to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. What? They all, watch it, do not be idolaters as some. All passed through the sea, all were in the cloud, all ate the same drink, all drank the same water. But some of them were idolaters. The people sat down to eat and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. This is very important. We should not test Christ. Warning, do not push the test Christ button. Some of them did. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. Pastor, that sounds a lot like Old Testament. No, it's right here in the New Testament in Corinthians. And these things were written down as an example of... All 
had the blessings of God upon their life. All were delivered out of bondage. All experienced the wonderful, powerful uh, awesomeness of the presence of God. And yet in the middle of all, some, here's what they did. They set their hearts on evil things. How could you set your heart on something evil when you're all experiencing this powerful deliverance of God? In the middle of the all, some were idolaters. Some indulged in revelry. Some committed sexual immoralities. Some tested Christ. And some grumbled. Now at some, not all. I want us to get the difference. All of them had the wonderful presence and deliverance of God, miracles upon miracles. But some of them went over here and tested Christ and revelry and partying and, and all those things and sexual immoralities and idolatry. So what I want us to get to is what happened. If all were under this great deliverance of God, why didn't all of them stick with God? I want to give you some truths today. All was tested. All were tested. I want you to get a real, real good grasp on the word test and the word tempt because they're two different words. I read earlier where it says, God will not let you be tempted with more than you can bear. And I've heard so many Christians... Christians misunderstand that verse and say, you know what, God's put a, I'm just about at my limit. I don't think that I can handle much more. God promised he wouldn't put more on me than I can bear. No, God said, I will not let you be tempted with more than you can resist. You see, testing is from God. God tests us. God tests our faith. God tests our, our, our commitment to him. God tests our relationship. And a test is meant for us to pass. God tests us for us to pass this test and move on to the next test because every test is greater than the one before. It is progressively increasing our faith, our commitment, and our walk with God. So when God tests us here, there's something bigger waiting after that. He's testing us. Can you handle this number one faith five challenge? Because if you can handle number one, let's move to number two. When you can handle number two, let's move to number three. God does this all throughout Scripture. And so they all went through the same testing, the same circumstances, the same opportunities, but not all of them passed the test. And God passes us through tests so that we will pass. I had some classes in seminary, some of you may have had them, to where you'd come into class and the professor or the teacher would lecture for the entire class time on all of this stuff. And you're taking notes like crazy. But when it came for the test, none of that was on the test because what was on the test was everything in the book. Well, I didn't read the book, but I came to class. Well, the test is over the book. So today, let me, let me tell you how this works. When we stand before God, you cannot use the excuse, well, the pastor didn't cover that in class. God's going, I don't care what the pastor covered in class. The test is over the book. Do you know the book? Because that's what the test is over. 
when you stand before God, you're not going to be a, but, but my pastor didn't cover that. I'm sorry, but you should know the test is over the book, not over what was in class. That's great to be in class. It's great to have lectures, and it's great today to understand the difference between a test and attempt, but we've got to understand the test is over the book. You see, David said, I'm not going to use anything that I haven't tested. You see, God started David off with a bear. Sling, boom, I kill the bear. And then God stepped it up to a lion. Sling, lion, boom. And then God stepped him up to Goliath. God did not start him off with Goliath because he would have been the same way as all the other men in the Israelite army. He would have been trembling in fear. But David goes, wait a minute, I've killed a bear, I've killed a lion. This dude here, I'll take him down. God does not start us off with mountains. He starts us off on the flat grounds. And then we have a little incline. Then we have a little bit of a mesa. Then we go down. And then all of a sudden you go, whoa. That's why we should never, never, never pray God move the mountain. God's going, I want you to climb this one because the next mountain is bigger than this one. I found that everywhere in my life that I've walked with God. Today I go through tests that I could not have passed 20 years ago. But every test makes me stronger. It gives me more will to make it. God tests us. All were tested. Some failed the test because all were tempted. Understand this. Some gave in to the temptation, but all were tempted. The enemy, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And do you think he's going to just tempt some of us? He tempts all of us. So none of us can sit here today and go, oh, not me. I've never had a bad thought. I've never been tempted in any way. No, we've all been tempted. Because the enemy makes sure we're all tempted. The, the, the temptation is for us to fail, to get defeated, to be destroyed, to be run over, to lose all your faith, to quit reading the word, to quit praying, to quit going to church, to destroy your marriage, destroy your kids, destroy your job, destroy your health. That's what the enemy wants to do. And he comes in and he tempts every one of us. You see, they all drank. They all experienced the cloud. They all lived in the presence of God. But some... They failed the temptation and they lusted. Some. Some worshipped idols. Some grumbled. I love the, the, the real difference between these sins, don't you? Sexual immorality, idolatry, grumblings, all the same. Come on. All of us are tempted. In sexual immoralities, we're all tempted in that. All of us are tempted in idolatry to put something in front of God. Reading His Word, praying, walking, coming to church, all those things. All of us are tempted to grumble. I'm tempted. People. Yeah. Yeah, we're all tempted. But only some of them failed the temptation. All of us are tempted, but not all of us fail, only some. If we are tempted, God's word says, for temptation, not testing, for temptation, I'm going to provide a way out. What happened to Mr. Joseph, Potiphar's wife? I mean, man, it started getting hot and steamy in that room, and he could have failed the test. 
But he ran. He fleed. He resisted the temptation and God elevated him because God provided what? A way out. We're all adults in here, right? The kids are gone for the most part. If they're in here, parents, uh, I'm, I'm a preaching to the parents, so you just do this for a minute. But I was told when I was a, little, when I was a teenager, you can't fall into sexual immorality when you're running. Doesn't that make sense? Flee! Run! Resist. There's always a way out because God will not allow you to be tempted that he does not provide a way out. All of us are tempted. All of us have a way out. But some fail. Big difference. You know why? Want to. Want to. That's a big deal in the Bible. It's theologically Correct. Won't. Do you know, I've had people tell me, well, pastor, those people that come to church every Sunday, well, they're just special people. No, they're not. All of us have an opportunity to come to church on Sunday. All of us this morning were tempted to stay home. The only morning I have to set an alarm is Sunday because the sleep is so good. All of us that have kids, it's the only morning. They are screaming. You are dragging them by the hair. We're going to see some Jesus. <laughs> hey, been there, done that. And the, and the temptation is, oh, let's just stay home. I see a cloud in the sky. Could rain. The humidity's up. The sun's out. We're breathing, whatever the temptation is. So the difference between those who resist and come to church and those today who said, I'm going to just kind of chill, was what? Want to. Because I have found humans want to, and what they want to do, they will find a way to do it. We want a new boat, you're going to find the money to get a new boat. We want to go on vacation. You're going to find a way to go on vacation. We want this or we want that. We're going to find a way to make it happen. When you don't have time for anything, but you want to do something, you're going to find the time to do what you want to do. Am I preaching today? Come on, just tell me. Come on, come on. Let's give a hand clap right there. It'll be all right. The reason is we don't all fail. Some do. There's a difference between all and some because God says all the time in temptation, there's a way out. All the time. And I'm going to do this for all people. I'm not going to have a respect of a person. Everybody has a way out. When God tests us, we have to go through it. When the enemy tempts us, God says, get out of here. All temptation is common to all of us. That's what the Word of God says. And there is no temptation come upon you that is not common to everybody. Everybody. I've heard things like this. Well, Pastor, I just can't stop. Yes, you can. There's a way out. You have to fill in the blank. Oh, come on. You got to help me. You have to. But I can't help it. It's just the way I am. There's a way out. 
You have to want to. You're getting there. Come on, here we go. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. No temptation is overtaking you. So how many temptations has overtaken you that's not common to man? Zero, zilch, not a nutter. All is common. And say it with me. God is faithful. So in every instance, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He will not let temptation come into your life that you do not have the ability to get it out. He just won't let that happen. So when people say, well, God's letting us, and I can't, you're just preaching to the wrong preacher. Because the test is over what's in the book. He says, but when you are tempted, so you're going to be tempted, I'm going to be tempted. There are some Sunday mornings I want to stay in bed. There are some Sunday mornings I am tempted to grumble. There are some Sunday mornings. You know, we all, it's common. But God says you're going to have a way out and you can endure it. But you have to decide, am I going to be part of the all a part of the sum. All of us have to choose. We can please God or we can please ourselves. All of us are tempted. It's, it's tempting to not pray, isn't it? Uh, just And then when you start to pray, the temptation comes in because you'll get a, your phone will ding. And you are not praying. Do you find out what that ding was? Jesus... I know you died for me on the cross. I know you're risen. I know you've done a lot for me. But all I can think about right now is that ding. And you get over there and the ding was really nothing. But the devil says, I'm going to ding you until you stop praying. Yeah. We're tempted not to pray, not to read God's word. Oh, man, we're tempted not to tithe, aren't we? Tempted not to tithe. All of us have the same blessings if we tithe, but not all do because some do not tithe. We're all tempted sexually. I mean, how many ministers and ministries have fallen because of sexual temptations? Hundreds, thousands. Some of them were such big names that when it happened, some people, I, some people I know almost lost their faith in God. Yes, all are tempted. All are tempted to put other things in priority before God. All of us are. Be careful. Don't put your kids before God. Don't put things before God because God's the one that gave you the things and God's the one that gave you the kids and God's the one that gave you the marriage and God's the one that gave you, gave you, gave you. And if you keep putting that in front of God, God's going to go, let me take away your excuse. Let me take away your excuse. Because he said, there will be nothing above me. And it's in the book. Amen. Nothing. Well, pastor, it's not natural to resist. No, it's not natural. So in order to resist temptation, what do you have to be? Supernatural. It is natural for the supernatural to resist temptation because we have a power of God inside of us that is greater. Greater is he that is in me than anything that is in this world. So God says, I've given you something greater than any temptation that is common to man to come into your life. And with every temptation, I've got you an escape. There is a way out. But you have to choose... Am I going to please myself or please God? But that's temptation. The testing is, like I said, this mountain. I, there's been times I have been tempted to pray out of a test. There's a mountain in my life. I'm like, God, 
You said that I would pray, that I, I would pray to this mountain and it would be removed into the sea. And God goes, yeah, but not this mountain. Because this mountain, I need you to climb it with your faith. This mountain, I'm not moving. Because the mountain on the other side is bigger than this one. And you can't get there if you can't get this one done. And you know what I love about mountains? If the next mountain's bigger, you go higher. And you get closer to God. I love that. God did a lot of things on the mountains in the Bible, didn't he? I mean, Moses went up to the mountain. Elijah was on top of a mountain. Jesus went up to the Mount of Transfiguration. And man, the power of I love the mountaintops. I don't love going up the mountains. Anybody ever climbed like 13,000, 14,000 foot mountains? It ain't fun. I mean, you go a few steps... You, Especially us at what, 500 feet here, whatever we are, 300 feet. We go up to the mountain. <laughs> I had a friend of mine join me on the mountains in Colorado. We went about 100 yards and he stopped and he goes, <sighs> he said, man, I'm out of shape. I said, no, you're not out of shape. You're just not used to the mountains. There's a lot of Christians when they start climbing mountains, they want to, oh, this is tough. <sighs> I'm tempted to quit. I'm tempted to stop. I'm tempted to go back down where it's easy. Sandy and I have found you to the climb up the mountain may take us eight hours. But the climb down the other side only takes about two. We may stop 50 times going up. We may not stop at all coming down. There's a difference in God testing our faith to take us up the mountain than God saying, hey, now you've accomplished this great level. Now I'm going to give you the other side. And it's a lot easier. There's a song when I was a little great black gospel song that said this, I'm coming up the rough side of the mountain. I think that's the only side of the mountain God's ever given me is the rough side, right? It's the only mountain God's ever given you is the rough side, the tough side, because every time we start going up a mountain in our faith, it gets tested, tested, tested. But God's test is for us to pass. The temptation is to quit, and the enemy go, look, you failed. God goes, there's a way out. God was pleased. All were tempted, but only some of them failed. God was pleased by some. And then God also killed 23,000 with snakes. Now, don't test God. God tests you. Satan tempts you, and we've all been tested, and we've all been tempted. But we do not test God in these kind of things. God is faithful to all. To all, he provides a way out. So here's some things I've been told. But pastor, I can't control my thoughts. God has provided a way out for your thoughts. He says in the book to take every thought captive. You have to want to. Every one of us are tempted because the enemy makes sure we all have crazy thoughts in our head. Sexual thoughts, grumbling thoughts, idolatry thoughts, blah, blah, blah. They're all coming in. That's Satan's job. We decide what stays in and what we dwell upon. I choose to think upon these things. Philippians 4 and uh, the, all the impact girls can quote it 4 through 8. These are the things I choose to think on. Things of a good report. Things that are holy. Things that are just. Things that are right. All those things. But everything comes in. 
I then have to take captive what I don't want to think on and get it out of my mind and then replace it with something that I do want to think on. Because all of us, if we just let our mind go, right? Whoo, where does it go? Everywhere. Sometimes during church. Sometimes I'm preaching and I'm not, I got to be careful. My mind's already going to lunch. We're like, what's for lunch? All of a sudden the thought just comes in my head. What is Sandy fixing for lunch? I'm like, wait a minute, I'm still preaching. And some of you may be going, why did he wear that shirt today? Shouldn't he tuck it in or leave it out? I don't know. Are those boots or just shoes he's wearing? And we have all these, cra- all of us, all of us. It's common. And we can all grumble. It doesn't take effort to grumble. It's natural. It's supernatural not to. All of them came out of Egypt. All of them entered the promised land except one guy, Moses. What happened to Pastor Moses? Well, he came to a rock and God said, I want you to use your voice. I want you to speak to the rock and water's going to flow enough from millions of people. Moses got up there and goes, I'm really tired of talking. Takes this rod God had given to him and he smacks the rock. And God says, because of your disobedience, you're not entering the promised land. I'll let you stand and look at it, but you're not going in. Disobedience. Because God deals with all disobedience. No matter who you are, Pastor Moses. We got to be obedient to God. Even to the smallest of things. Because if not, we're going to be part of the sum that displeased God. God is faithful to all, not just some. But I read this statistic this week and it blew my mind. 90% of full-time pastors today will not retire as a pastor. Wow. 90% are in the target of the enemy And 90% will quit before they retire as a pastor. Why? All pastors have the same temptations. All pastors have good services from time to time. All pastors have good people in their church. But there are some. And there are some pastors who go, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm just going to go to Walmart. I'm going to go down to the local uh, place and get a job. I don't care if they're paying 50 cents a day. I can't take it any longer. Yeah. 90% of pastors will quit before they retire as a pastor. Listen, all of us can please God. All, God says, I have no respecter of person. I will treat everybody exactly the same. And it says, be careful when you are standing because you can fall quickly. So be careful. Satan's job is to tempt us. Our job is to resist. Pastor, the people that tithe, are just, they're just special people. No, everybody has the same challenge to tithe. Everybody. Everybody. But not all do. Some are tempted. But, but here's... You don't understand. We've got too many bills. Who made the bills? Well, you don't understand. Life has been really giving me a hard... Well, life gives all of us a hard time. 
I mean, I, I, could, I could be tempted every time I get a paycheck not to pay my tithe. But you know how I resist that temptation? Pay my tithe first. And then God says, I will then take the math, which I preached about Wednesday night. Come to Wednesday night. God's math is not our math. I will take and make it greater life for you on 90% than you can have on your 100%. I'm going to give you so much abundance and blessing. I'm going to make your life so much better. Just test me in that. Yeah. God will not tempt you greater than you can handle. So I wrote some things down about temptations. I thought, well... Uh, God will not give you a Delilah you can't handle. David had a Delilah. Joseph had a Potiphar's wife. Same situation. David goes, whoo. And the problem is that he, he looked again. See, guys, I've already, I've already preached on this years ago, but maybe some of you weren't there. It's not the first look that gets you guys. It's the second. We all see stuff the first time. But we have a choice whether we do the second look. David went the second look. Then he sent her husband into battle, had him killed. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. God will not give you a Goliath you can't kill. I've already killed a bear. I've already killed a lion. This guy's falling. God will not give you a fire you cannot walk through. Three Hebrew children, that wasn't the first test in their life. God will not give you a river you cannot cross because he said, no matter what comes in your life as a test, I will take you through it if you trust me. No matter what comes through your life as a temptation, I've given you a way out. God will not give you a mountain you can't climb. It just may not be easy. And I've lived enough life to know that life is not easy if you're a child of God. Because there are mountains God places in our way to test our faith. And then there are mountains the enemy tempts us with that we've got to figure out a way to get around it. We've got to please God. And you please God by taking the way out when tempted and taking the way up when tested. That's how you please God. We have to determine is this a test or is it a temptation? A test God will bring into our life for us to pass. A temptation the enemy will bring into our life to destroy us. So when you are tempted, way out. When you are tested, way out. I want to get higher. I want to get closer to God. All the disciples, all disciples saw miracles. All of them walked with Jesus. All of them ate with Jesus. But not all pleased Jesus. There were some. That got his eyes on money. Come on. There was some, even, in, even in the 12 men, not all pleased Jesus. God says, I'm faithful to all. Pastor, you don't understand. My hormones are raging. Everybody's hormones are raging. Do you think you're the first generation with raging hormones? Are you kidding me? How do we get seven plus billion people on the face of this earth without hormones? Come on. Can I, I'm just preaching to our everyday life. We all have hormones. Yeah, but pastor, you're old. Hey, thank you, honey. 
She said, I wasn't, and I'm listening to her, not the rest of you. Hey, talk to Abraham and Sarah. They had children at 80, 90 years of age. Come on. All of us have the same temptations, church. All of us have the same God. And God is faithful. He will never allow you to be tempted that He will not provide a way out. He will not let you be tempted with more than you can handle. So he will not start you out on the black slopes on the ski resorts. He starts you out on the bunnies. Can you handle the bunnies? My biggest wipeout ever on a snowboard was on a bunny slope. It hurt my feelings, hurt my back, but more than that, it hurt my pride. And I said, if I'm going to fall that hard anyway, I'm going up to the top of the mountain. I'm going to at least go... Hey, there was a reason that I fell. But when you have three and four-year-olds passing you on the bunny slope, all you want to do is just take your hand and smack one of them. You're tempted. <laughs> if you've never been tempted in that way, then you haven't skied. Tempted? And they look at you like, old person, get out of the way. We're all tempted to grumble. All, all, all. Can I tell you the Bible says this? That wheat and tares all grow together and they look exactly the same until it's time for them to produce. When you go into a field that has wheat and tares, they look exactly the same until the moment when one produces and one does not. But you cannot tell the difference until that moment. The word of God says that wheat and tares all look the same in the church. In the family of God. They all look the same. Some are children of God. Some are not. All have the same experiences. All have the same situations. But not all please God. Some will not in the moment when an angel shouts and a trumpet sounds... Some will not be changed in that moment. That hurts my heart. As the pastor of PCA, every one of you that are here, I'm looking all around, I want all of you to be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. I want all of you to take this corruptible off and put on incorruptible. I want every one of you to take off the perishable and put on the imperishable. I want all of us to rise in that moment and meet Jesus in the clouds. I want all of us to go to heaven. I want all of us to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I want all of us to get on a white horse and follow Jesus back to this earth. I want all of us to watch him step on the Mount of Olives. Come on. I want all. All. And God wants all, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that all would come to know him in a personal relationship. But the temptation is, the temptation is for some not to receive Jesus Christ. 
So here's the deal. Boil it all down. Here we go. All of you, you've been here from the time I started this message till now. All of you have heard the same message. All of you today have heard me read the same scriptures. All of us have had the same situation and the same circumstance in this room for the last few minutes. All of us. All of us are tempted. All of us are tested. But today there may be some who will walk out of this building and not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Because of a temptation not to receive Christ as Lord and Savior. But I'm embarrassed. I don't want to raise my hand. I don't want to walk to the front. Can I do this at the house? Can I do it by myself? Can I do this? Can I... Boy, the enemy will bring all kinds of temptations. All of us, God has given grace and mercy. He said every morning, you've got brand new mercies. I love that every morning. You know what gets me going every morning? The realization that brand new mercies, boom! Child of God. Yeah. Breathing. That's all it takes. What it takes for you to have a good day, Pastor? Breathing. Well, what about all the other things? Those things are common to everybody. Everybody's got those problems. Everybody's got the same. But what makes me have a good day is breathing. Well, what about this and what about that? They're not eternal. I don't care. I'm breathing. God's giving me breath. If I have breath, I give praise to God. That's my choice. That's what I'm going to do. Is everything perfect? Absolutely not. I've never found a part of my life where everything is perfect all at the same time. You get one thing out of the, out of the ditch, five more fall in the ditch. You get those five out of the ditch, ten more fall in the ditch. So if you're waiting for a perfect life to come to Christ, a perfect life to come to church, a perfect life to pray, a perfect life to read the Word of God, a perfect life to tithe, a perfect life for whatever, then you will never be part of the all that please God. You're going to be part of the sum that's always grumbling. Looking at everybody else grumbling, grumbling, grumbling. Grumbling, 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 grumbling. You know what got God so mad about the people in the, in the wilderness when they were going? Grumbling. Grumbling. You've got free food every day. It's the same food every day. Your clothes aren't wearing out. I'm wearing the same outfit every day. No, I have something to eat that I didn't have to prepare and harvest and work hard, keep the weeds out of. I have clothes that I can wear. Praise God. Who... How many of you have more than two outfits? Raise your hand. You got more than two outfits in your closet. Raise your hand. Because if, if, if you only have two outfits, I'm going to buy you some clothes. But there ain't nobody in this room that only has two outfits in their closet and you're wearing one of them right now. No way. You've got clothes you can't fit into. Come on. Why? Because you're so blessed. You got clothes. I'm hoping and praying one day I'll slide back in them. We, got, we are so blessed. And if we're not careful, we can have temptations. God's provided a way out, but we do not take it. Tempted. Well, who isn't? But pastor, you don't understand. No, I'm tempted the same way you are. But you're the pastor. I'm tempted more than you are because I am the pastor. If he can take me out, how many more people can he take out? Yeah. 
He can take out our marriage. Look at all the other people. Go, well, pastor, his wife, if they can't stay married, no wonder we're having problems. Yeah. Are there kids or whatever? Yeah. Stand with me today. I love it when the Bible says this, when you are tempted. It doesn't say if, when. When you are tempted, God provides a way out. He will not let you be tempted with more than you can make a choice in your life at your faith level and say, I want out. He will not let that happen because he loves you. And with every way, there's a way out. With every test, God has put this mountain in front of me. I'm going to climb it. I'm going to get to the top. I'm going to see victory. I'm going to shout and praise God. That's what you do when you get to the top of the mountain, man. It's victory. I've always been, why do you climb a mountain? You know what the answer is? Because it's there. Yeah. Why does God give you mountains? Because He loves you. He doesn't want your faith muscles to atrophy. He wants your faith muscles to be strong. He wants your faith muscles to be used every day. He wants you to grow in faith and walk in faith and, and strengthen your faith and empower your faith so that when the giant comes your way, you go, hey, wait a minute, this giant's going to fall. When the Delilah comes your path, I know what to do. Flee! When choices of idolatry, of things you put above God, you go, no, wait a minute, God's first. God's a jealous God and you'll have no other gods before me. I'm going to serve God. First day of the week, God's day. No matter what's going on. No matter what. I'm glad OSU and OU play on Saturdays. Some of you might be tempted. I'm glad OSU won yesterday. I'm glad OU won yesterday. But I'm really glad Texas won yesterday. But you know what? Woo! I'm a child of God. It doesn't matter if I lose or win on my football game. Come on. Come on. Man, God has given me everything I need. I preached months on that. God has given you everything you need to live this life and to live it in conquering, abundant, victory, devil-kicking, stomping lifestyle. We just got to take that faith and let it grow in Christ. But the temptation is, uh, I didn't, I just, I, boy, I just didn't have time today. Guess what? All of us are given the same amount of time. All of us. So first thing you need to do is say, you know what? I get a gold star. I'm at church today. You do, because it, it, it was tempting for you not to be here. But you passed. Give yourself a gold star. But I want all of us, all of us, to have the blood of Jesus Christ on our lives. I want all of our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I want all of us to be saying, My Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. My Father. You. All of us have the chance to become children of God. He has no respecter of person. I don't know how God doesn't love me more than some of you, but He doesn't. Haven't we all thought that? 
And you probably think, I don't know how God doesn't love me more than he does some of you. But he loves us all the same. And he loves us no matter what we do because we're children of God, but he loves us more when we are obedient. And so today, you know what I'd like for us to do? I don't know that I've ever had this happen in any church I've ever pastored, and I don't know that I've ever asked this to happen. But today, if you love God and God is your Savior, I want all of you that have accepted Christ into your heart just to come to the front right here around the altar. All of you. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Can we just give God praise for that today? Come on. Hallelujah. Just keep on coming. Just keep on coming. Just keep on coming. Wow. Hallelujah. Man. What about you on the stage? Y'all know Jesus? Because I've had a music pastor in the past before I don't think was saved. Too much grumbling. Man, look at your neighbor. They're a testimony of the grace and the mercy of God. How many of you needed God's grace this week? The mercy of God. Man, I'm looking around and I see people with smiles on their faces. All of you are tempted not to be smiling. Thank you for taking your mask. Now, so I can see your beautiful smile. Hallelujah. Woo! I'm here, baby. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. Here's what I want us to do real quick. This won't take long. You're already saved. You already know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And I look back and... and... Everybody's here? Praise the Lord. So all. Now, here's the challenge. How in the world can I preach and get a sinner saved if we're all Christians? You got to start getting some people in here that aren't saved. That's good. Well, isn't that the pastor's job? No, my job is to equip the saints Amen. to do the ministry. That's right. Your job is to do the ministry. That's right. I, you still love me, don't you? Say, I love Pastor Paul. <laughs> I'm just, man, my heart's about to bust. I'm proud. And maybe I shouldn't be proud, but I'm proud. I'm proud of this church. Amen. And I love you. And you love God. So can we just take our hands and lift them up? If we're all children of God, we know how to do this. Can we just worship Him for just a minute? Say, and just thank Him for your salvation. Just thank Him that the blood of Jesus Christ has set you free, has delivered you out of bondage of sin. You're no longer bound to sin. You've been set free by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. You no longer have addictions in your life. You no longer have strongholds in your life. You no longer have things in your life. But you're a child of God. And God's going to put tests in your life. But you know what? He puts them there for for you to pass and the enemy's going to tempt you in every way he can but you know what hey I got a way out I got a way out hallelujah I don't have to be tempted and fail I can be tempted and run I run to the father I run to my father I run to my father and my father runs toward me hallelujah when that prodigal son was coming home the father ran and grabbed him up and he said, my son, my son, my son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift your heads and worship him. Hallelujah. 
Man, I feel the Holy Spirit in this house. I feel God just wanting to encourage you this morning. And God is faithful. Say it. And God is faithful. And God is faithful. And God is faithful. Hallelujah. Don't you ever let the enemy lie to you and tempt you to say, God has failed me. God, where are you? You've abandoned me. Those are lies from the pit of hell. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Let's sing this chorus, Pastor Karen. I run to, to the Father. I fall into grace. Thank you for the grace. I'm done with the hiding. No reason to wait. Oh, my heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father. Again. Place your hand on somebody beside you. If you don't know their name, ask them their name. Place your hand on just somebody's shoulder. And I want you to take a minute. And I want you to pray for them. Because guess what? All of us are going to be tempted. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.